Well, today we're going to continue this series on I Wish I Would Have. And we're talking about how to have life with fewer regrets. And, and today I want to talk to you really on this thought of what it means to win or what it means to experience victories that the Lord has for us. And the title would be Practical Steps to Spiritual Victories. And the reason I felt prompted to talk about this today is because there's no doubt all of us want to win. Come on, wave at me right now if you say I want to win. Come on, everybody wants to win, right? We all desire to be blessed. And as 2023 has started, some of us have had a head-on collision with life. Like, oh my goodness, this did not take long. The storm started coming, the winds and the waves were whipping, and we can feel drowning in whatever circumstance and whatever trial we're encountering or going through. But I want you to know this, even if it's hard, right out of the gate, God wants you to win. I'm not saying that just as like a spiritual pep rally. I really mean it. Like, I believe it. God wants you to live in victory, victory over that addiction. Victory over that financial uh, challenge and, and victory in your marriage. Listen, some of y'all came to the marriage conference. Wave at me if you came to the marriage conference. Wasn't it an awesome weekend? It was an incredible time. Some of you went home and had the biggest fight of your life. Come on, let's keep it real. You went to the marriage conference and got in a fight on the way home. You're like, man, that did not last long at all. Can we get our money back? I mean, it just did not take long at all. That's because we know that Jesus told us that in this life we will have tribulation. We don't act surprised when earth looks more like earth than heaven. We know that we live in a sin-cursed world where there's pain, there's heartache, there's disease, there are problems, there's trials and tribulations. But what I'm here to tell you today is that God wants you to live in victory. Yet... I know that there are some of you who have been around the church for a little while. You've bought into this thought of trusting God's word or praying and talking to God. And there, there seems to be this, this um, consistent disconnect with what you claim to believe and what you're seeing with your eyes. And you're going, well, I know you say he wants me to win, but uh, he should not acting like he wants me to win. Like you say he wants me to be blessed. I'm not feeling a whole lot of blessed right now. Like, what's going on if that's his heart and that's his mind? And, and what I've come to say to you today is a lot of times I feel like we think we're waiting on God when in reality God is waiting on us. We think that this spiritual blessing is somehow out there unattainable. I can't quite get to it. I believe it's probably there. I just don't know why I can't step into it. And what I'm going to show you today from Scripture is sometimes the key to that spiritual victory, that breakthrough, that blessing on your life, the favor of God on your life is so much more within reach than you realize. Just a few practical steps away. So I want to talk to you about this, and what I love is how it seems when you read Scripture that God goes to great lengths to connect the dots. I just see this over and over and over in Scripture, that God connects the dots between our physical obedience, our practical obedience, and his spiritual supernatural blessings. And he just shows us this example, this example, this example. Come on. Some of you have been reading the Bible long enough to where you've run across Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Uh, some of you are newer to church. You haven't read that one yet. You got to check it out. It's an awesome story. 
But bottom line is that God's wanting to lead his children, the people, the Israelites, and go and to take over Jericho. And so they're like, we're going to take the land. Let's go. And God says, here's the plan. I want you to go up there on day one. I want you to walk around the wall. They're like, okay. And then what? He said, take a break. March around the wall, then go and just kick back, take a nap. Okay, what are we going to do on day two? Day two, here's what you're going to do. March around the walls. Okay, and then what? Go ahead and kick back, play a little volleyball, Red Rover, Duck, Duck, Goose, just take it easy. Then what do we do? Day three, I want you to walk around the walls. Come on, if you're familiar with the story, you know I'm, this is how it happened. And then on the seventh day, okay, now on the seventh day, this is where it gets good. Okay, here, this is good. everybody listen. This is what he's about to tell us. I want you to march around the wall Seven times. Mm. They're like, man, I know he created a whole world, but I don't know if he understands military strategy. There's got to be more. And God said, there is. There's one more thing. They're like, what is it? He says, after that, I want you to shout. That's all. I mean, he just left it right there. Like, that's all that you're going to do. But what happened when they did that? The walls came down. And when you look at that, you can't think, man, that must have been some kind of walk. Mm, that must have been some kind of shout. Mm. No, you've got to look at that and go, that doesn't make a lick of sense. That's what you've got to say. But God's connecting the dots with you do what I tell you to do, and you watch me do what you could never do. I love the story of when Jesus and Peter were talking about taxes. Some of you remember this story. They needed to pay their taxes. And so Peter's like, hey, what about this tax? And Jesus said, what do you think? You think the Son of God ought to be paying taxes? <laughs> like, what do you think? He's like, I'm above taxes. But you know what? Just so that we don't offend anybody, let's pay the taxes. And I'm just thinking that here in this story, because I love reading a story and kind of picturing, like, what was, what was going on right there? What were they thinking? What was that? I, 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 just, I feel like in that moment, it was just a moment of awkward pause. You know, like when you're out to eat with somebody, and the waiter comes and says, is this one check or two? <laughs> you know, you've been there before. And you know what somebody's thinking when as soon as they start asking that, they kind of look away and get busy. You're like, okay, I see what you're doing. Like, that's what I'm wondering if what Peter did with Jesus. He's like, Jesus, what do you think about the taxes? He's like, yeah, man, we should pay those taxes. And Peter's like, cool. You going to hook us up? Like, you're going to take care of that? Like, I'll run it over there if you wouldn't mind just handing it to me. And so, <laughs> how many of you understand Jesus could have done anything? Jesus could have been like, oh, Peter, we need some taxes. My bad, what's that behind your ear? <laughs> ah. Man, how did you do that? Jesus could have done a magic trick, could he not? Jesus could have said, what does the document say? Well, it says that we owe, and Jesus goes, look again. Oh, it's gone. Like, how did you do that? Jesus said, we're good. He could have done that. He didn't do it, did he? See, if you're familiar with the story, you remember, if this is new, this is crazy. You got to track with this. So Jesus said, yeah, we probably ought to pay taxes. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go fishing. First fish that you catch, I want you to reach into the fish's mouth and take out a coin, go pay our taxes. Peter had to be thinking, say what? 
I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why didn't Jesus do the magic trick? It's in your ear. Why didn't Jesus say, check your left pocket? Why didn't Jesus do something like that? Here's what I believe. Scripture shows us over and over again. God is saying, I will call you to take a practical step of obedience. Trust me and do this. And he already knows the coin's already in the fish. He said, when you do what I ask you to do, I will do what you could never do. Today, I want to give you one of my favorite stories, and it's going to teach us this point and give us a great visual that we will teach from as we come to Exodus chapter 17. Our physical obedience will lead to spiritual victories and blessing. When you come to Exodus chapter 17, we're going to see that the Amalekites are attacking the Israelites. So remember, the Israelites are the people of God. Moses is leading the people of God. And it says in verse 8, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So verse 10, it says, So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Now look at verse 11. Come on, you got to look at this. And don't go too fast. you got to catch this. Verse 11, you all ready for this? Come on, church, you ready for this? Come on, verse 11. I want you to see this. Don't miss this. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Pause for just a second. I'm going to read that one more time because there's some of you, you're too familiar with your Bible. To where you read something like that and say, Moses' hands, as long as his hands were up, they were winning. And you're like, mm-hmm, yeah. And then when his hands were down, they were losing. Mm -hmm, that's what it says. No, 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 no. Look at it. You got to pay attention. As long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever his hands lowered, the Amalekites were winning. Here's my question. How did he figure that out? How did they figure it out? Did Moses come up to be like, all right, hey, let's go. All right. Oh, yeah, baby. Look. Oh, yeah. Woo, we're diving. You guys are awesome. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's going on? Oh, they're running. Come on, guys. Y'all got to do. Oh, yeah. Oh. How did he figure it out? Was it one of his buddies, Aaron or her? And Moses was doing it. He put his hands down. He's like, put your hands back up. Why? Just put them up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't put it back. What? Like, how did they figure it out? I don't know. I can't explain it, but I can't deny it. It said as long as his hands were up, they were winning. When his hands went down, they were losing. And I can suggest to you today that while we do not fully understand all that God's word explains and teaches us, he calls us to study it, to learn from it. And here's what I walk away with. Anytime God presents a picture, there's always a purpose. 
Anytime God gives us a picture of something, there's a purpose behind it. There's something he's wanting to teach us. There's something he wants us to learn from this. And my best understanding, walking away from this picture, is that God desires for our practical involvement to partner with his spiritual intervention. He loves it when he says, march, and we march. When he says, go fishing, and we go fishing. When he says, lift your hands, and we lift our hands, God says, you're partnering with me. I'm allowing you to do your part so that now I can do what only I can do. So today I'm wondering, what are some practical steps God's calling you to take that he knows would be about to unlock and unleash the blessing of God on your life? I want to give you three. Number one is this. You will win when you do God's word. You will win when you do God's word. Tell your neighbor right now, God wants you to win. Go ahead, tell them that. God wants you to win. Tell your other neighbor on the other side, say, you look like you need a victory about right now. You look like you could use a good old-fashioned W right now. You will win when you do God's word. Throughout Exodus, you'll see time and time again that God spoke, God said, God commanded. God's word came to Moses. You'll see it. God said to Moses, and the next part say, and Moses commanded him. Moses carried out the word of the Lord. Moses did what God told him to do. God would speak. God would call him to do something. Moses would step out, and when he did, he won. In Exodus chapter 14, God told Moses to take the staff and stretch it out over the Red Sea, and whenever he did, the waters parted. Come on, you know the story of the Israelites walked across on dry ground when they got to the other side God said now do it again take your staff stretch it over the water when he did the water came back and it washed away all of the Egyptians that were pursuing them when he did what God told him to do he won you will win when you do God's word physical acts of obedience bringing about a supernatural victory and unfortunately, many of us miss out on the blessings of God, not because of a lack of knowledge, but a lack of obedience. This is the real important part to this point. It's for all of us listening today, and we've, we've positioned ourselves to listen to the word of God. Here we are. We're at church. We're listening to the preacher preach. Here's what I want you to hear. The blessing is not in the knowing. The blessing is in the doing of God's word. It's not in do I know, do I believe in Christianity? Do I believe that there's a God? Have I cracked open a Bible before? The issue is, is the word of God the driving force in my life to where when God says it, I do it? A lot of us are living lives deceived. We think because I believe in God, because I go to church, because I, I do pray, because I say these things, I believe these things, and then we look at it and go, why am I not blessed? Why am I not getting victory? Why am I not experiencing the outpouring of God's favor and his blessing on my life? And listen to what James says, James chapter 1 and verse 22. He says, don't merely listen to the word, and look what it says. Don't merely listen to the word, check this out, and so deceive yourselves. It's possible. For you to come and sing songs, give in the offering, believe in God, and be living deceived. 
Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Look at this next part. What does it say? Do what it says. There's the key. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard. Look at this. Not forgetting what they've heard. What does it say? But doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The blessing is not in the knowing. The blessing is in the doing. And so the picture here, this, this analogy is of a mirror. The word of God is like a mirror. And you hold up the word of God and you confront, you're confronted with the truth of God's word. And you not only read the word of God, you allow the word of God to read you. You look at it and you see where you are compared to what God's called you to be. And a lot of times there's a difference in what we're seeing and what we're actually thinking, which is exactly why I believe he uses a mirror because that's exactly what some of y'all did this morning when you looked in the mirror. You looked at it and you said, no, I don't. But yes, you do. You look at it and you think, I don't have that many wrinkles. Yes, you do. The mirror don't lie. Look at it. There's no way I have that much gray hair. Yes, you do. Don't blame it on the lighting. It's just reflecting you. So you can see that, and here's what some of us do sometimes. We see it, and we forget. Let's just be real. As you're going through your day, you walk and talk. You're thinking, I'm a little finer than, I, than the mirror really said. You know, I just think, I just think I'm a little taller. I'm a little stronger. I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little more funny than everybody else. I just, I think of me one way, even though the mirror may be showing me something. That's the way a lot of people view the Word of God. They look at the Word of God, and they see it, but they walk away and don't do anything with it. I'm going to live with my own thoughts. I'm going to live with my own perspective. I'm going to live with my own understanding. I'm going to walk this way. And he says, when you do that and you forget what it says, instead of doing it, you're not blessed. The blessing is in the doing. What kind of shifts are occurring in your life or mine when we look into the Word and allow it to read us? What's actually changing about my attitude? Is there any adjustment with my words? Does it affect the way I do my taxes? If you can't say amen, say ouch. Come on, that's for somebody today. You look into the Word, and now what are you going to do with your everyday ordinary, practical life. When it says that we're supposed to love our enemies, do we do it? When it says that we're supposed to guard our hearts and avoid sin, do we do it? When it says that we're supposed to give our tithes, the, the first 10%, our, our, our first fruits to the Lord, do we do it? Supposed to worship through difficulty, praise him through pain. Do we do it? Do we forgive others who've hurt us? Do we do that? Do we use our talents to serve our king? Do we do it? If not, at least don't pretend like you're confused. Where are you, God? He's like, I'm still right here. Right here. Right where I was when you left off with chapter one. I'm right here. My word hasn't changed. 
It's not a matter of glancing at it or scanning it, but my question is, do we read it? Do we allow it to read us? Some of us are basing our our soul's eternity on a book we've never fully read. Is that true? Scan it, skim it, have a coffee mug with a verse on it, have a calendar with a verse for the day to keep the devil away, but I'm talking about if you're basing your eternity on this book, I would get all up in it. Study it, learn it, do it. The blessing is in the doing. We're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Let me give you a second thing. Number two is this. You will win when you trust God's ways. Spiritual victories come when you trust God, even when you don't understand him. See, the truth of the matter is there are those of us who try to read the word of God. We try to pray. We try to do the stuff that the preacher tells us to do. And yet we see different results than what we're expecting. And God doesn't answer how we expected him to. Or God doesn't answer and respond when we expected him to. And we get confused. Not stopping to think that God not only wants us to do his word, but he wants us to trust his ways. How he answers when he answers. I mean, when I look at Moses' story, I just, there's, there's no practical explanation. When his hands were up, they were winning. When his hands were down, they were losing. That does not make sense. It wasn't a magic trick. Come on, some of y'all, yeah, that's where it comes to football time, basketball time. You're like, where are my lucky socks? My lucky socks, where are they? Some of you sit on the same place on the couch. Last time I sat right here, they won. And we, we can have something like that. And in our world, we think the superstition. And we think, like, what if Moses, what if every time he lifted his hands, like it fixed everything? Now, how cool would that be at your basketball game, though? Your team's behind, and you're like, Man, they're coming back. I was like, oh, what a miracle. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, you'd be all excited about, listen, I'll just be honest with you. That's the way it worked. Can you just imagine what I'd be around at my house? My kids acting up. I'm like, don't make. (laughs) My wife's getting on my nerves. I'm like, baby, hey. I'd be using it all the time. I just would. I'd throw my hands up anytime I got good and ready. That's not what's going on here. He's practically obeying, physically speaking, what God told him to do, and he's seeing supernatural breakthrough despite the fact that it doesn't make sense. And if we're honest, there's a lot about our lives that don't make sense, that it doesn't make sense, or things that God calls us to do that don't make sense. Supposed to love someone who's unkind to me? You're wanting me to forgive somebody for something they haven't even stopped doing yet? They're still hurting me. They're still lying about me. They're still mistreating me. And you're wanting, not only have they not said I'm sorry, they hadn't even stopped doing what they're doing, but you want me to forgive them? When I hold up the mirror, that's what it's telling me to do. And I, I just want to be blessed. The blessing's not in the knowing. The blessing is in the doing. Am I doing it even when it doesn't make sense? It's almost like God is just saying, march around the walls. But that doesn't make sense. I didn't tell you to wait until it made sense. I said, march around the walls. 
Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Doesn't that really sum it all up? God is just saying, listen, I don't expect you to fully understand this. I didn't ever call you to figure me out. I simply called you to trust and obey. When he's not answering how, when he's not answering when, when it looks different than what I expected, when it's different than what I wanted, I say, Lord, I trust you even when I don't understand you. What about when life is hard? What about when the pain is real? What about when something tragic happens in your life? God has called us to trust him. We walk by faith, not by sight. He'll be with us. He'll help us. Sometimes the answer looks different than what we expected. So you're praying for a healing in your body. Sometimes he heals you. Sometimes he helps you. But he always hears. And he always answers. Sometimes you're praying for God to take away the asthma. Sometimes he heals you of asthma. Sometimes he says go buy an inhaler. Now, I need to continue to pray for healing. I'm just saying when God's saying, here's a practical step, sometimes we're praying, God, I need provision. Lord, would you send a check? Sometimes he'll send a check in the mail. Sometimes he'll send you a Dave Ramsey budgeting podcast. Like, Lord, I need you. He said, hit play. Just hit play. You see what I'm saying? He always hears an answer. Sometimes he heals, sometimes he helps. Trust his ways. No, nah, that's not the way I want it. That's not, I'm not going to march. That doesn't make sense. I'm not going to lift my hands. That's dumb. You can't win a battle by lifting your hands. Didn't stay there. But God's saying, if you'll trust me, even when it doesn't make sense, you will win, win. You trust his Ways. Let me give you a third and a final piece, and we're going to wrap up. You will win, win. You refuse to quit. You will win when you refuse to quit. I'll just go back to verse 12 of Exodus 17, just the last part of that. Because it says in verse 12, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. Verse 13 says, so Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. They won. And sometimes your key to spiritual victory comes from the simple practical step of physical perseverance meaning you keep getting up, you keep getting out of bed, you keep putting one foot in front of the other and saying, I'm going to do your word, I'm going to trust your ways, and I refuse to quit. 
Moses got tired. His arms got tired. But he could not afford to let them drop. Too much was at stake. But you know he got tired. We know it from Scripture. He said he got a rock and sat down on it. And Aaron came on one side, lifted up his arm. Her on the other side and lifted his arm. His arms got tired. You and I can relate to that. Some of y'all today during worship, first song, second song, third song. It's all you had. It's all you had. You're like, Lord, you know I got that arthritis. Lord, you know where I am. He got tired, but he didn't have the option to quit. Stopping was not an option. And he needed friends to come alongside and hold up his arms. We get tired too. Some of you are tired today. Some of you are tired today and it has more to do with losing an hour of sleep. Some of y'all thought y'all were coming to first service today, as a matter of fact. Y'all just thought, <laughs> seeing some different faces in here and then it dawned on you. Some of you barely made it to the house of God today just because you're tired. You're discouraged in life. You're tired of the bills. You're tired of the pain. You're tired of the fighting. You're tired of the depression. You're tired of the loneliness. You're tired of praying the same prayer over and over and over again, but seemingly heaven is silent and you're tired. You're discouraged. Moses was tired. And he needed somebody to come and lift his arms. For some of us, we're praying for a miracle, for the rejuvenation, or for the rest. And here's God's answer. I'm sending you to a small group. You're like, Lord, I don't need a small group. I'm just tired of lifting my arms. And he's saying, no, I want you to put yourself, practically speaking, in an atmosphere to where when you're tired, you're in a circle with somebody who says, you're not giving up. Let me get you a rock. Have a seat. Don't you worry about lifting your arms. We got you. You need a friend on the other side who, when you're ready to give up on that marriage, they won't let you quit. But I'm tired of the way he, I'm tired of the way she, I'm sick and tired of it. You need somebody who goes, I get it. But let me lift your arms. You got to refuse to quit. I wonder who's even still in church today because you were the Aaron or the her to them. Because some of y'all look at small groups and you're like, but I'm good in this season. I'm great. I'm not even super tired. Then who is it that God's calling you to be an arm lifter to in this season? It's not all about me. I need to do that because there will be a point when it's my turn to say, I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I want somebody nearby me to say, I've got your back. And listen, lifting arms, that sounds so spiritual arm lifter arm I'm gonna lift their arms sounds just so noble but can you just picture that for a second 
was Aaron saying, why does he get to sit down on the rock? I'm sure he thought it after a little while. Oh, is there only one rock? Y'all couldn't find but one rock. Only rock in this whole place. Okay. I'm sure it was uh, that her was thinking as he's lifting his arms. Come on, y'all know Moses hadn't had a bath in who knows how long. I'm going to do it, but man, the brother needs to right guard, Old Spice, something. It's because lifting arms of others is rarely convenient. Sometimes it just flat out stinks. But it's what we do in the body of Christ. Sometimes I need my weakness to be exposed, but somebody loves me enough to say I'm not leaving. I've got you. For me to be able to say to somebody who's like, I'm done with this church thing, I'm done. And when they miss, you're the one that says, hey, when you weren't there, I missed it. I missed you. What's up? Man, I'm just tired. I'm just, I get it. But you can't quit. See you Sunday. You're sitting with me. Who has not given up on their marriage because of you? Who's still coming and fighting in the house of God, chasing the things of God because of you? Who's continued to worship through their pain because of you? of you. You've got to live with and you've got to lead with a spirit that says, I refuse to quit. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will, somebody say we will, we will reap a harvest. If, here's the condition, if we will reap a harvest, don't give up. We will reap a harvest. Don't grow weary in doing good. We will reap a We will. Not we might. We should. We're hoping we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up. Don't give up. And I know that there are people in here today and the enemy is all up in your head trying to trying to deceive you and trying to tell you to throw in the towel don't give up don't quit but he hasn't answered when he hasn't answered how and I'm trying and I do the word trust his ways and refuse to quit don't give up don't give up you might need to come alongside and say can somebody help me can somebody encourage me can somebody pray with me a practical step if you're hurting in your body whenever the opportunity is given these people are coming forward for prayer if you need prayer, and you step out it's a practical step practical step sunday mornings in the house of god worship showing up why? I just need my faith built up. But has he answered yet? Has he answered how? No, 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 no. But I refuse to quit. I'm going to the house of God because my God is good. He's reliable. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to go to my small group. I thought you said that they were weird in your small group. Yeah, but there's room for one more. I'm just going to join it. I'm going to bring a little extra weird. And we're all in this thing together. Why? We need each other. God's for you. Do his word. Trust his ways. Refuse to quit. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I just want to pray over you today. 
And if you'd say, Scotty, I'm in a place right now to where I'm discouraged, I'm, I'm tired, and, and I just need God's strength to be strong in me right now. I need God's help in my life. If that's you, come on, just lift your hand all over the auditorium. Those watching online, you could just type and say, that's me, but you need. God, I pray for every single person in this room today, Lord, that life has just been all over them. The pain is real. The fatigue is real. The burden is heavy. I pray, Lord, that as they take practical, specific steps, whatever it is that you're calling them to do, that as they do that, honoring you, that they will experience the blessing that only you can bring. Would you do that in Jesus' name? I'm going to pray a second prayer today, head still bowed. And if you would just say today, Scotty, I'm not right with God. I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ as my King, as my Lord. I'm not asking you if you know church. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking if you've ever read a Bible or prayed a prayer. I'm asking today, is Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your heart? Is He the priority in your life? Is He your King? If not, there's no chance of winning. There is no victory outside of God. And there is no defeat with him. Today, you need to be with him. And I want you to know it doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. If you say, Scotty, today I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to receive his grace and his mercy. The Bible says he'll take your sin. Hear this, and he'll remove it as far as the east is from the west. He will give you a fresh start a clean slate, a brand new beginning today if you come and surrender your life to him. So whether you're committing for the first time or recommitting your life to the Lord because you're coming back to him, I want to pray for you. So when I count to three, if you're saying, yes, that's me, I need that. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I'm asking you just to lift up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. One, two, three. Come on, would you raise it up all over the room? Awesome, 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 awesome. People online watching, you can just raise your, your hand there and say, I'm asking God. I, yes, that's me. I want to commit my life to Christ. Can we all just pray this prayer together? Mean it with all of your heart. Say, dear God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Today, I surrender my life to you. I want to make you Lord of my heart. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins. And from this moment on, I have decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back in Jesus name I pray in Jesus name I pray and everybody said amen